0: Okay, welcome back. It's been a minute, but we're back on the live Podcast, and today I have with me a very close cousin of mine in person in my life. Her name is Cheyenne Kitchell. It's still weird for me to say Cheyenne Kitchell. I'm like, it should be Cheyenne Kitchell. I still say it. Actually, <laughs> like whenever I'm logging onto the computer sometimes, I'm like, why is this not working? It's because I'm using greener. <laughs> Cheyenne Kitchell. Um, but seriously, this is going to be a great episode, and she has influenced so much of um, my life. And so I hope that you enjoy listening and you just learn so much about her and about her story. Um, so welcome back to episode five. It's been a month, but we're back. And welcome to the podcast, Cheyenne. Yes, this is going to be so fun. Um, so I want to start by if you're listening to this episode, you probably l- listened to the episodes in the past. And so I have to connect who she is to who I've had on in the past. And so my brother Briar is three years older than me and Cheyenne is also three years older than me. And so those two were always the older kids in our fab five Mm -hmm. and me and Cheyenne has twin brothers that are three years younger than her. So we are the same age. Cheyenne and Briar are the same age and they were the older kids. They were always mean (laughs) and we were the younger kids. (laughs) And so when, and then if you listen to my grandma's podcast, I told a story in there about a golf cart and this is one of the Fab Five that was on the golf cart, probably driving it, honestly. <laughs> probably. Trying to be the voice of reason, for us all. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, we we have grown up together, like, literally. And I would say that she – I was telling my mom on the way here, actually, that she's the closest thing to a big sister I've ever had, like – I, I told my mom, I was like, I grew up and I like wanted to be like Cheyenne. And I was like, actually, I still want to be like Cheyenne. That's I feel so
1: like- funny because I feel the same way about you. Like, I feel <laughs> like whenever we go on girls trips and stuff, I'm like,
0: Brie is so cool. I want oh my to be gosh. like Brianna. Like, no. I love her as my sister. Oh my gosh. But seriously, like people, when I meet people, they never know if my name's Brianna or Brianna. And they'll, they'll be like, can I call you Brie? I'm like, no. I always <laughs> tell them no. I'm like, I don't go by Brie. I never have. The only person that was ever allowed to call me Brie was Cheyenne. That's so pity. like, and that was the only person. And it didn't bother me because I just, I would, like, looked up to you so much. I'm Aww. like, you could call me whatever. And I felt so special because I was like, nobody calls me Brie, but, Cheyenne but calls she wouldn't call me Brie. I don't know when that stopped, but. I don't know. I went
1: through a phase where, like, nicknames were a thing for me. Like, I always called Bri or Bri, and you were always Brie. I don't know why.
0: Yeah. Bri, and shy just thing. Brie. But she was the only one that was ever allowed to call me that. So. I want to start by kind of just like letting you introduce yourself to the listeners. And so Mm -hmm. I want to start by talking about your role as the oldest and big sister and how it's shaped who you are today. And also you were the oldest of us cousins. And so I think Mm -hmm. like we all kind of look to you. I mean, Briar was not responsible (laughs) in things. So like, we never looked at him. We always look to you (laughs) and you guys are only two months apart, but it was always like you were the oldest Mm -hmm. grandkid and like the oldest of us cousins. And so How has being the oldest sibling and having the crazy brothers that you do, because you got three crazy brothers like me, we both have three crazy brothers, um, impacted you and made you into the person that you are today?
1: I think it really did. Like our, our family dynamic definitely has a huge role in like who I am or like who I, how I grew up. So being like the oldest, not only just the oldest, but also the girl of all the boys, like you definitely take on that mother hen role. For sure. And seeing as how crazy they were, I feel like I had to take on the mother hen role. Like, I, they put us through some heck growing up. Oh my <laughs> They gosh. were so crazy. But I loved it. And so being like growing up, so I think I was like five and the twins were probably two-ish when mom and dad split. And so we would only get to be with like one parent at a time. But Even if we were only at one parent's house, me and the twins were always together. Mm -hmm. No matter if we were at dad's, we were together. No matter if we were at mom's, we were together. And that was something like looking back, I didn't really think about it. But now like in the moment, I think that's why we're all so close. Like we were together all the dang time, (laughs) no matter which house we were at. So I think that played a huge role in it. And then also when mom and dad did split, like that put a lot on mom's plate being Mm -hmm. the primary parent for three young kids and so i think starting like at a young age it made me like want to help and be like there for mom i guess and so doing helping with the laundry or doing the dishes it just made me feel so purposeful and useful like even at a young age and so i think that is just it kind of stuck with me for mm-hmm. till i'm
0: now right
1: so i think i think
0: that played a huge role in
1: it for definitely. sure.
0: definitely and for those of you from carthage that are listening you if you know the granger twins this is the granger twins older sister. And I feel like some people like didn't know for a long time that yeah, they had an older sister so. and then they would see you and they're like, "Oh my gosh, like you they could be triplets." People we, would tell me that. Yeah, mom actually
1: like when we'd go places, you would you'd get like if you were a certain age and under, you'd get in free. And since the twins were three years younger, she'd always be like, yeah, they're triplets. And for getting in free to like the zoo or something like that. (laughs) That's
0: so funny.
1: I mean, you do what you gotta 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 do. do.
0: I get it. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. But it's funny because like, we know how crazy the twins were when we were younger, but a lot of people that know them today don't know that they were like that. Mm -hmm. But like, they were seriously crazy. I don't don't even know how they came (laughs) up with some of it honestly I, I genuinely don't know my mom jokes that every time they came over to our house something got broken was and there's like dents in our wall and stuff in the basement that we're like that was from one of the twins <laughs> but we love it yeah. like our family wouldn't be our family without them it wouldn't but um it's just funny like that people so people listening that know them and know them now mm-hmm. like they were so crazy when they're younger and i think it's cool that you just talked about like how it instilled this like responsibility yeah And can you even talk about, I know you've talked about this before, like you were an only child like for three years and then your parents bring home these twins and you like have memories of when you were little, of like how much the dynamic at home changed when they came home.
1: I remember, I don't know if it's a memory or if it's a memory of watching the at home video, but I, I know I sat on the couch with both boys (laughs) and both my arm, one in each arm. Mom was like, what do you think, big sis? And I like stone serious was like. (laughs) This is a lot of dirty diapers, mommy. And she was like, "Yeah, you're right." Oh my god! So it's just like it was a lot, but I literally couldn't imagine it any other way uh-huh. with them. Uh-huh. And the older that we get, like, it's so cool. Especially me and Chase. Like, the older that we get, the more similar we are. Like, the more alike I see, like the same traits in both of us. And yes. It's just so cool. Like,
0: it is. It's so fun. It is, and it's crazy. I tell people all the time, like, nobody understands your family. Like your siblings, yeah, definitely. You go through it together. You just understand your parents, like, and it just like makes you get closer the older you get because you're like nobody understands. Nobody like we do. (laughs) That's cool. And so, can you talk about you grew up in Mount Sterling Mm -hmm. slash Brown County, and um, I think that like probably also instilled when you grow up in a small town, it instills these like values and morals in you. And so, can you talk about like the community that you grew up in and what that was like?
1: it's pretty similar to Carthage, you know, a small town community. Um, I remember after mom and dad split, I was in kindergarten. And so we came to Brown County and I started school in kindergarten at Brown County in Miss Prather's class. <laughs> and then I did my entire school career here in Brown County. Like you said, it's super small, super tight community you know, I remember since it is so small, you're just involved in everything. Mm-hmm. Like I remember in high school, I would have basketball practice at five 30 in the morning. Then you go to school all day. And then I was in a play for drama because I got asked to be in it. Like, <laughs> it's just such a small town. Like you're just in everything. You're always busy, but I like that. I like mm-hmm. just, like talking to everybody and knowing everybody. Mm-hmm. I think some people don't like that, but I really like that aspect of
0: it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love how when we were driving into town today, we passed brews. Yeah. And I was telling my mom, I'm like, that's the coffee shop that Cheyenne always talks about. And she's like, is that where she goes with her friends? I'm like, yeah, probably. And I just love that. Like that you like going get coffee with your friends. And you guys all have kids yes. now. And it's like, it's just cool. And it's such a small town thing that like you're living, you yes. know, you go and get coffee with your friends. That's what I love. Like I I like those
1: aspects, those small moments in life of mm-hmm. like when all of us girls do go get coffee and then we go hang out at each other's house. It was like, dang, this is crazy. Like we used to be these little (laughs) pots and now we're trying to corral them. Like what?
0: (laughs) That's so fun.
1: (laughs) That is crazy. Because I do remember Jenna and Nicole in, in
0: kindergarten. Like we have been around Mm -hmm. each other for that long. Mm -hmm. That's a long time. It is. It really is. Yeah. And so can you talk about, you know, life after high school? I was thinking this morning actually about how, when you're going through school, even Mm -hmm. what you were just talking about. Yeah. When you're going through school, you're doing all the same things at the same time Mm -hmm. as your peers. And then you graduate high school and everybody kind of goes their own way. And like some people get jobs, some people go to college and it's like for the first time you're kind of going on your own path or your own journey and everybody else is doing their own things. And so what, you know, what happened after high school? Where did you go? That was definitely interesting because like I
1: mentioned, Nicole and Jenna earlier and Kia was also in the mix. And so we would go from, like, you know, you're not just playing a sport together. Like, say, we, say we're say we all playing volleyball together. Mm-hmm. You go to school all day together. You're all in the same classes because we're all pretty smart. We're all in the same classes. And then if it's a home game, we go to Nicole's house, go hang out, and then you go play volleyball. And then you start it all over the next day. But then it's like the second you graduate, you all split. Mm-hmm. And so I know Nicole went to SIUE, which was, like, two and a half hours away. Um, Jenna went to IC. Um, And then I went to John Wood and it was just so weird. Like everybody started creating their own lives and like making their own friends and like you are excited for them. But at the same time, it's like, this is weird. Like you, like you used to be all I ever knew. Yeah. And then now we're making like totally different new friend groups, which is great. I think it's good for us to get out and meet new people, but it was definitely an adjustment. Mm -hmm. I think.
0: Oh, definitely. That's so true. And like, I was thinking within that, I feel like, comparison starts to get really hard because you see these people that you grew up with and did everything with Mm -hmm. and you start to see like their lives unfold and it's different than yours. And it's hard to not be like, Oh, like I wish, I wish I was there. I wish I was doing that. Or they look like they have, they're having so much fun. And I think it starts to like, it starts to feel like you're behind, like quote unquote behind. And so how did you battle those feelings of comparison while also seeing like the beauty in your own Mm -hmm. journey?
1: I mean, I definitely had those comparisons like there's I can't deny that I didn't think about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I know Nicole got to go off and meet Melissa, um, which is actually one of her best friends. She's in the wedding and uh-huh. they got to move into a dorm together and they get to yeah. go pick out all this fun decor. And it's like I'm sitting here literally living at my grandma's house. Uh-huh. Like this is kind of I don't, not that like your worth is determined on right. what college you go to, but like it definitely played a big part in it. Like I think just more mentally. Yeah. But when I went to John Wood, I literally got paid to go to John Wood. So it's like in the long run, it was definitely worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, So for all you college kids out there, go to community college (laughs) because I literally have no college debt. So Mm -hmm. although it was hard and sometimes I kind of regret like not getting the quote unquote dorm life, but I mean, it all worked out. And I got to focus more like on work and studying and that to me is worth it in the long run. But it was definitely an adjustment yeah sure. and it was kind of weird like when we all so I think Thanksgiving break was probably the first time we all came back and got together and it's it was interesting like we all have these friends that we've been living with for this mm. hour long but now we're coming back to like our high school friends and it was I just remember it was a little bit different and mm-hmm. just like a different dynamic but I mean we're all still the same girls and you yeah. know obviously got along fine but it was just definitely a different time so true sure.
0: Even as you say that, I like think back to that. And I'm like, I remember that too. Because you, it's like you change, but Mm -hmm. the people that you know, and the people that you know and stuff change too. But like the place that you, I remember coming back home from college and like I had changed, but nothing at home had changed. It was like I was paused. It was so weird. Yeah. So weird. It's so mundane, but I remember it was a homecoming parade and Nicole had came
1: back and she had been tanning and she got her hair done. Like it was, had highlights in it. And I was like what like I guess people do do that like not in Brown County like you know here you don't yeah. just I mean we have a tanning salon you can get your hair done but like that's just not a common thing but yeah. it, it was just something so small I was like oh I guess you could be like you know going out and doing things like that right. but I'm living at my grandma so like I don't think to go get my highlights <laughs> done you know what I mean yeah but it is just kind of like everything back here just like is
0: still mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. oh my gosh so true <laughs> that is so funny Um, and so as like high school ended and you were going to John Wood, did you know what you wanted to do?
1: I originally was surge tech. I don't know if you are familiar with that. that. Yeah. So it's like a surgical assistant up in surgery. (laughs) I don't know why, like in my head it sounded so cool and you got to hand the doctor tools. Yeah. So my lovely mom was like, I think you should go shadow. Just, you know, make sure this is what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, maybe 30 minutes in, I was like, this sucks. Like, (laughs) They're on their feet all day. Everybody's masked up. You can't talk. Like, I just don't like this. There's so many rules. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think I want to do this. Mm -hmm. But luckily... I was at John Wood, and so I was just taking a lot of gen ed classes, like English, so stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. so I stumbled upon radiology, which was like a lot of bones and like anatomy, a lot of memorization. I was like, ooh, I kind of like this, Mm -hmm. and I'm good at this. Mm -hmm. So I was luckily able to switch my major real quick, jumped over to the radiology train, and like all my classes aligned perfectly since it was medical, Mm -hmm. and I was like,
0: I like this a lot better. (laughs) Wow. I did not know that. For some reason, I thought you started... Like, on the x-ray route. I nope, didn't know that you... I always searched at, Well, I just knew healthcare in general. Mm-hmm.
1: But I was like, there's no way shit before I'm doing nursing. Right. I do not want to mix meds. I don't want to... Blood. Like, no. I'm not into that. Yeah. And so, radiology was just the perfect
0: mix for me. That is cool. Honestly. And so, you went to John Wood and did, like... All your gen eds yes. and stuff. Yeah. And then after that, you went to, was it like x-ray tech school or something? Yes. So it's called Blessing Hospital School of Radiology. I think the name has changed
1: now. But so the radiology program had to have all these prereqs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finished those at John Wood. I think that was 2016. No, so I went to John Wood from 2014 to 2016. Got all my gen eds done. Applied to Blessing. Got into Blessing. So then I started Blessing in 2016, and that was for two years. Okay, And that was basically like, I think my tuition there per year was only like $8,000. Wow. And people were like, that is crazy. But I'm like, it was, but at the same time, it was a full-time job, essentially. Like yeah. they kind of used the students as work, right. but you, you got it as clinical time. So it was 40 hours a week. You did clinicals and classwork. It was a full-time job, basically. But you got firsthand experience in the hospital, like you did clinicals, you got to go to different affiliate sites. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things about it was you got to tour all the departments in x-ray. So Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize, but x-ray is just like the base. And it's just like a rainbow of like MRI, CT, ultrasound, radiation therapy like all these different things that stem from X ray. Uh-huh. So that's why I was like, ooh, X ray kinda sounds cool. You yeah. Got all these options. Yeah. And then while you're in school, you go to all the different areas for like two or three weeks. So you're with the text, you see what it's like and mm-hmm. you get to know more about the different modalities. And it's so super cool did you know which like one you wanted to choose i feel like i was here and i was there one day i was like yes i'm doing ct it's so quick it's fast it's yes. like i like the adrenaline in the emergency room but mm-hmm. then I, th- I think it was actually one of my last rotations i went down to therapy and you know they're bringing the patients back every day and they had to do like calculations on the table so it was a little bit of more mathy mm-hmm. um it was a very heavily physics space which mm-hmm. i liked I was like, man, I think I kind of like this therapy mm-hmm. stuff. And it was down in the basement. So it was just, I don't know why. Just something about it. I was like, I think I kind of like this. Like, is this cool. is cool. It was just like the perfect mix of being able to like talk to your patients because mm-hmm. you see them every day at the same time. But then you also like, you had to be smart to work there, honestly. Right. And so I was like, I kind of like that too. Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of knew like going into x-ray school, I didn't, I say it with quotations, just in x-ray tech. Yeah. But I don't mean that to any of the people that are techs because that's a hard job. Like, yeah, I mean, during COVID, if you're getting like chest x-rays, it's the x-ray techs that are moving the patient. You got to put your board under. You got to get your chest x-ray and you have to go into every single room.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Like that's hard. So no judgments to people that are x-ray techs. But I just knew going like the more I saw of it, I was like, I just don't think. I want to be just an X-ray tech. Yeah. And then I went down to therapy. I was like, Oh, I think this is what I want to do. Yeah. It was so cool. Like it was just kind of like a light bulb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like this. That is cool. Yeah. That's so cool. It was kind of, um, I think just being able to see the different areas. Mm -hmm. And then it finally was a light bulb. Like, this is what I want to do.
0: It was cool. That is cool. And so while you were doing the radiology program, you mentioned how it was like 40 hours a week. Yeah. And, and I remember this was when you lived in Payson, right? Correct. And so you lived mm-hmm. in Payson. And let's start there. So you moved from
1: Grandma living, living with
0: Grandma Kathy mm-hmm. to going to um, Payson and living with her roommate there. So what was that like, you know, moving out of Grandma Kathy's house yeah. and into this apartment?
1: I kind of felt bad, honestly, because Grandma Kathy was on her own. And we made it a point like every Thursday we would have dinner. So, me, Harley, Taylor, Grandma, we'd all cook dinner together. It was so fun. Lord had to make fried chicken, Yo. homemade gravy. Yo. Grandma and I would make apple crisp and we'd literally eat the whole pan in like two days. <laughs> so, you know, you go from like all this good home family stuff and then to by yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, like, this is different. Mm-hmm. But then I just started, I mean, I just kind of carried what I had with grandma Kathy with me mm-hmm. and I would just make my own meals. I'd kind of decide like what I wanted um, to eat for the whole week, for, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and for snacks. So I really learned how to meal prep and like decide mm-hmm. not just like what meals I wanted to make, but how to make it stretch mm-hmm. and like save money since I was on my own. There was no need to buy the entire grocery store. <laughs> like, I could, I could cut back a little bit, but, and then, I also, like, since mom mom had moved in high school, and it's not that I never felt uncomfortable wherever I was, but I didn't really have, like, my space. Yeah. And so it was kind of nice to go there and have my space. Like, mm-hmm. I could do, not that I couldn't do whatever I wanted where I was, but it's just it was different. just different. Yeah, to mm-hmm. just, hey, if you want to hang up a clock here, hang it up. Yeah. Like, you can literally do whatever you want. Yeah. And so that was definitely nice, like, to finally have, like, my space. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was different.
0: Definitely. Definitely a different dynamic. That's cool. And eventually your roommate moved out and mm-hmm. you were living alone. Yeah. And I like struggle so much. With, oh, yes. Like, I can't even like stay overnight myself. And like when I was at school in my apartment by myself, it just freaked me out. I was like, I need to know that somebody's there. And so were you ever scared to stay by yourself? Oh, yeah. Like those first couple of nights, have you ever like when you
1: shut your bedroom light off and you <laughs> run to your bed <laughs> as soon as possible? And, and then like any little noise you hear like, oh. That's kind of scary, that's kind of scary, mm-hmm. but eventually you just kind of like talk to yourself mm-hmm. and be like, you know what, it's fine if something bad is going to happen, it's going to happen, yeah, like, it's fine, yeah. And so, I had I was actually living, it was an older, I think it was just a big house that they had converted into three different apartment buildings. So, mm-hmm. me and this family were both upstairs on like opposite ends of the hallway, mm-hmm. and so across the hall, it was a mom and I think she had a couple kids, and she I knew that she had partaked in a couple of extracurricular activities <laughs> that I didn't, but I mean, she was always super nice to me. Mm-hmm. She just minded her own business. Well, one morning or one night, it's like two or three in the morning and I wake up and there's cops in my driveway. And so of course, you know, I call mom, like, mom, what do I do? And she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fine. What do I do? And it was just so scary. Like I'm on my own yeah. and like, but everything was fine. It was quiet. I still, to this day, do not know what happened. But oh after God. that, like I was so, I mean, I was looking behind my back, any little creak I heard. Oh, yeah. And then it finally got to the point where I just turned my fan up a little bit higher. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? You have to get comfortable. Like, yeah, it'll be fine. Who cares? And so it got
0: easier with time. Yes.
1: I would say just with time there, I didn't do anything that made it special. I think you just yeah. got
0: used to it. Okay. Yeah. I hope that's the case this time. My dad's always like, "You're gonna have to figure out how to stay on your own eventually." I'm like, "I know." I don't want to. I it know. is hard,
1: especially now. Whenever like Derek's gone, I'm like, "Oh, this is weird." Yeah. I don't like this. Uh-huh. Which now we have a lot more square footage that can go far, But that's true. You just get
0: used to it. That's so true. Oh my gosh. Um, and so. You know, within living alone and kind of making the space your own, I feel like you're somebody that creates really good habits. Mm -hmm. And I never even thought about how living with Grandma Kathy, you would have carried over some of, like, what you had been doing when you lived with her Mm -hmm. to living on your own. But I guess what advice would you have to people on, like, building and creating good habits? I mean, I would say...
1: Being on your own, the days can be so like repetitive and boring. Like, okay, every Monday I do this. Every Tuesday I do this. And like it can get really monotonous and boring. But I would just say find something that you like and it helps pass the time by so much faster. So mm-hmm. when I was in Payson, I think that was when I really, really started to run. I mean, our mm-hmm. whole family likes to run in general mm-hmm. and just stay active. But I really think that was when I started getting serious about, like, I'm going to run four miles today. Yeah, And I just would go. And... Like, just having something that I liked to do to pass the time, Mm -hmm. it made it a lot easier. So, I would say if, like, if you're in a new space or trying to create new routines, like, just find something you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And it really does, like, you can integrate it and it, your, your days just don't seem so monotonous. Yeah. Like, boring. Right. (laughs) I guess. Right. It makes it a lot easier.
0: And within that, do you think, like, running helped, like, counteract all the studying and like school just like the stress of school too yes definitely yeah
1: because when i would go to the y i would do like the stair stepper Mm -hmm. but i had flashcards in my hand Mm -hmm. i'd be studying while i was exercising but then when you're outside like you're just outside right you're just looking at everything and it's just so i think that's why i like to run so much is because
0: you can't do a dang thing Mm -hmm. besides run and i've heard before that like that's Sadie Robertson, actually. Love it. <laughs> but um, she talks about how, like, when she works out, she feels like it, like, stills her mind. Yeah. It's, like, the one thing that, where your body's, like, moving, but your mind is still. And yeah. I feel like that is so true. And yes. I think about, like, you played sports growing mm-hmm. up, and so did I. And I feel like, I'll, like I found a release at practice after yeah. school or at a game after school. Cause if I had been sitting and learning all day mm-hmm. and then like going to practice, it was like, forget everything, just play. Yeah. And then you go to college and you don't have that anymore. No. And you have to like create that for yourself because you don't have that release that you had in sports yeah. or in whatever, you know, that wasn't now that you say that that was a big adjustment
1: for me going from like sports, and, like being forced to work out. And then you're on your own, you're eating junk and you're like, <laughs> oh, man, my pants are tight. (laughs) And so they're like, you just have to figure it out on your own. And so, like, running really helped me. Because living with your grandma when you're not in sports, (laughs) I'm not kidding. That was probably the heaviest I've been in my life, which I know people are going to be like, you're not heavy. But not so much about the heavy, but, like, you're just unhealthy and you're just in such a different routine than mm-hmm. what you were. And so mm-hmm. like being on my own was, I was finally like, okay, if you want to be healthy in life, you're going to have to figure it out, girl. Yeah. And so like being on my own helped me be like, okay, let's go on a run and mm-hmm. let's eat fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And But being out of sports it was just like that, it was, that was, was crazy hard. adjustment, which I'm sure you went through it too. No, I'm glad you brought sports. that up because that's yeah. something
0: we've talked about this before Yeah. and about how when I feel like nobody talks about this and then, after you go through it, you start talking about it yeah. and realize other people had the same experience. But when you graduate high school and you've been super active mm-hmm. in high school and you eat junk in high school and, and it fun. doesn't matter yeah. because you run it off yeah. and nobody notices. it. Like, you know, you look good. Yeah. And then you go to college and you sit and study all day or you, you just don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. You have to work out and motivate yourself to work out on your own. And. The only workouts you know are, like, basketball and football workouts because you're, like, like, five on five. I've never actually, like, went to a gym and worked out. Um, And and your body changes Mm -hmm. and, you know, you're still eating crap, but, you you know. I thought the other day, like, the amount of food I ate in high school was outrageous. Same.
1: I mean, I would eat a bowl of cereal while getting ready. I'd eat a yogurt on the way to school. And then I would eat a whole thing of Pop-Tarts during first hour. Like, yeah. That was my breakfast. How does that fuel you for a I day? Oh, uh. Like, that was just breakfast. I know. I did the same thing. I could put food away for I sure. I would even, I would eat dinner at Janelle's. And then I would go to Derek's and eat another dinner. <laughs> and then I'd eat dessert. And then I'd come back to Janelle's and eat more dessert. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my.
0: I know. Like, that was, bi- that was a big
1: adjustment. It, it's
0: such a big adjustment. And you yeah. really have to, like, teach yourself and, and mm-hmm. learn about, like, health and wellness for yourself. Mm -hmm. But could you speak to like what, you know, what was your mindset like and how did you develop a mindset of like, there is grace. Yeah. Like you don't have to do it perfectly. You don't Mm -hmm. have to work out seven days a week and your body is going to change. And like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I guess. What would you say to like, Maybe girls or just people in general that are experiencing the, the freshman 15 what or the do sophomore I when 25? Like, and it never,
1: it doesn't leave. It doesn't leave if you sit on the couch, I will say that. <laughs> but I would say it just makes you feel so much better. Like, I remember whenever I was in x ray school, I was very strict, like eating wise. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't eat a ton of junk. And it got to a point where I was almost too strict. Yeah. And so now I feel like I'm at a very good spot where I, mm-hmm. I try to eat fruits and vegetables to. Be healthy to be strong, you know what I mean. But then, have the dang cookie. Yeah, like you're gonna have to, otherwise, like you are not gonna be mentally okay. Yeah. But I would say just just focus on like just being strong. Yeah. Not so much. Oh, I have to lose this many pounds. Uh You'll go crazy.
0: Uh huh. That I did. Trust me. It's It's so hard. hard. (laughs) It's so hard. Everybody walks through it, but you don't know that. Like in high Which school, crazy. you're you're the one judging people for gaining weight yeah. and then you graduate it's high crap. school and you gain weight and you're like, oh, I ain't that girl now. <laughs> Dang it. uh, it's just, there's grace. There is. And your body's going to change throughout life mm-hmm. and that's okay. But, but just, you're not always 16 the rest of your life. No. no. <laughs> if only we could have that body for the rest of our lives, but no. <laughs> okay. And so we've kind of talked about like living alone and things like that, mm-hmm. but you were doing this 40 hour a week program Mm -hmm. and then also you worked a ton and so tell us about like the jobs that you had at that time and how you balanced that while going to school
1: my main job was working at renee's place actually back here in mount sterling so while i was going through x-ray school since it was monday through friday i would only waitress on saturdays but i was there from like sun up to sundown basically i just worked as hard as i could that one day and then i made the money stretched for the rest of the week um, but I just loved it so much because you'd be there when you open. And so you had the legendary coffee drinkers. I love them so much at the round table. I think I looked forward to seeing them as much as they looked forward to seeing me. Like It was so fun. I did not mind getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go see them. Like It was so fun. Oh my God. Except I do blame my obsession with coffee now on them. 100%. <laughs> like The amount of coffee those men could consume mm-hmm. is outrageous. I believe it. But it was so fun. Um, so yeah, I worked mainly just on Saturdays at Renee's. And then I would stretch the money. She didn't question. you work at Hagels too? Oh yeah, I did work there for a little bit. But I just didn't like the atmosphere as much. Mm-hmm. Like i liked the smaller, mm-hmm. close knit. Hagels really good like if you just want a really good meal, but I didn't yeah. like it was more businessy.
0: Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, I guess. Mm-hmm. I thought you worked both at the same time. I did for a little okay. bit. Okay, yeah. and then you quit Higgins and then I and quit. Renee's. Yeah. Dang, though. That's that's such a long week. I think when you think about like going to school and doing Mm -hmm. these clinical hours for 40 hours a week. And then you don't get a Saturday to sleep in. You like get up and you go to work all Mm -hmm. day. And so what was, you know, what was your thought process like during that time? And how did you, how did you like find the motivation? Like I I have to get up, I have to go to work, Mm -hmm. even if I'm tired from the week. I honestly don't think I even thought about it. I just did it. I just knew Mm -hmm. you had
1: to do it. Mm -hmm. I needed money. So I just got up and, went about it. It was just, just like I said earlier, when you create a routine and you just do it, I just got
0: up and did it. Yeah. I like, when I thought about having you on the podcast, I was like, you're one of the most hardworking people I know. And you don't even, you're not seeking recognition for it. You just like do it exactly Mm -hmm. like what you said. And I was talking to the twins last night after you left. And I was like, they were, I said that I was having you on the podcast and they're like, what are you going to talk about? I'm like, honestly, I think we're just going to have a conversation about her life and about hard work. And they were like, she is like the hardest working person and she doesn't look for recognition ever i'm like i know you're exactly right and th- so i'm just shaking my head as you're answering because i'm like only cheyenne could get up at 5 a.m and go work all day after like five days of class and clinic and like just be like i just do just it, do it. <laughs> See, i'm yeah, like some, i can't i some quit. may view it as psychotic though so <laughs> i guess take it at your own will it's just <laughs> who you are it's just so funny um what, so what advice would you give to people that are in that season where you have your head down and you're just working super hard without recognition, mm-hmm. um, but, like, looking ahead with hope for what's to come?
1: I mean, I'd say, like I said earlier, just find things that you enjoy that bring you joy, and it really does help pass the time and make hard times a lot more manageable. Um, so I know during that time I was working 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 because I wanted to buy my first car Uh and I don't know if anybody in the family really remembers but I actually signed on my car the day of Kale's funeral and so we had Kale I don't know why it fell on that same day but because I bought it from Derek Derek's Mm -hmm. dad like the family you know right and so I don't really know why it I don't know if it worked out with the bank that way or what but so we had Kale services that day and then the twins had their track and field sectionals in rushville and so as everybody should they were worried about how the twins would be that day i was like i'm buying my first car today guys like and
0: nobody nobody was there
1: except for ralph but it's like you work so hard for that though like you earned it yeah it was so rewarding like signing my name on those papers and knowing like i literally bought this thing yeah like and it was just so cool and so i would say like if you are struggling like just go through it, it'll be fine. Like, mm-hmm. you're gonna be better on the other end, and mm-hmm. yeah, it might stink in the end or in the moment, but right. in the end, it'll be so worth it. That's cool, as Grandma Granger would say, This is your deal. That cracks me up. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that from I her don't. episode.
0: Oh, in- and <laughs> you had asked her something
1: about like being missing out on things because she was a young mom, and she was like, Well, this is
0: your deal. I do remember that. And totally so now so I just hear that in my head all the time, Well, oh, this is your deal. It's true. That's good. That's funny. And so you started your first job, Mm -hmm. let's see, 2019. So shortly after that, and I like, I can't wait to hear about this. What was it like to start your first job? Because it's a transition going from like going to school and then actually like you're going to work. It was terrifying. I'm not
1: going to lie. I was terrified. I mean, I had spent my the past however many years being a student so you're always covered by someone like yeah. when i take an x-ray i had to look to the tech and be like is this okay mm-hmm. or whenever i was in therapy school i never once turned on the beam i just i'd help line up the patients i'd you know do some computer work but i never once beamed on
0: right and so
1: then you know you pass this test on a computer and all of a sudden you're turning on the radiation like what it was it was a lot more like mentally and i feel like i was constantly double checking triple checking mm-hmm. myself like is Are these table parameters right? Is this what I want to do? And then when you press the button and you hear the radiation going and you're like, okay,
0: oh my we're gosh. doing it. Yeah, it was
1: definitely a very big adjustment. But I was working, I actually started at Memorial, which is where I did my clinicals in Springfield, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And we, me and Derek were living in Mount Sterling at the time. So it was a pretty far commute. And I think a lot of people thought I was crazy during that time. But their patient load was massive like they were so busy they had two vaults is what we call it and so since I was new I was afloat and I kind of popped between both rooms so I was in this room and then I go to this room and then I go to this room and I was just so busy and I was just absorbing all of it because I was young I didn't have kids you right. know, like I did, I wasn't studying finally yeah I could just absorb all of it so I just learned so much like I feel like the short amount of time made me such a good therapist because you had to it was either sink or float there and yeah. it was so good like I will never forget those co-workers if they lived in Mount Sterling we'd get in trouble like <laughs> they were so fun and like a lot of them are older like I don't know Kedra will probably never listen to this but Kedra was almost like the fun young mom and like mm-hmm. I just re- I think she saw a lot of herself in me mm-hmm. and she I saw I was like I want to be Kedra when I grow up and yeah. Like, Rachel was so fun and just always bubbly, and it's like, I would do anything to go work with them again, but the hour and a half commute, no way. But looking back, I'm like, there was a reason that I worked there, and it was just to learn and just absorb all of that, and it was a blast. However, it was scary at the same time. I'm sure. Like, just being on your own. Yeah. And it was also kind of hard because I was a student there, and then, you know, you come back on Monday morning, and now you're a therapist. Yeah. So I think it was a little bit of adjustment for the other therapist as well to be like, we have to treat her like a therapist now, not a student. But right. you just kind of had to put in the time and, and learn. show them that you're you're
0: worthy, I guess. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't realize, I guess, that you – like we're a student and then you, so you they hired you on yeah. and you start working. I was right?
1: technically labeled as PRN, but they mm-hmm. needed a therapist so bad that I was almost working full time hours. Wow. But I was just getting so much experience. Oh yeah. So, and I was young. So
0: I was like, yeah, I'll take a shift. I'll take a shift. Right. That's so cool. I, yeah. my supervisor, at my educational internship told me that the first five years of her career is when she learned the oh, most. Definitely. And she's like, I did so much prep work in those years mm-hmm. that I still use today. And she, she's got four kids now and she's super busy. Yeah. And she's like, I will never be able to put as much time into my job as I did those first five years. And it's still like, I'm still reaping, reaping the fruit from it now. That's so true, like, And I'm like, that's so cool. Yeah, And I was telling her, I'm like, I'm so excited to like start my first job. And like, be able to like learn and Mm -hmm. and do all this prep work that you're talking about. And she's like, make sure you have a social life. I'm like, I will. will. Don't worry. I can (laughs) leave work at work. I like to leave work at work, but it was just funny, but that's cool. Um, and so you've mentioned Derek a couple times now, and we need to talk about who is the Derek. The man, the myth, the yes. legend, <laughs> and how did you meet? Like, tell us, like, the story, what I, every girl loves. Oh, yes. I say high school
1: sweethearts in quotations because we met in high school, but we weren't like the typical sweethearts, like, he's my one and my only my whole life. <laughs> like, We both strayed the, from the path a little bit. We went our separate ways and then came back together, but... The very first time we met, we were actually I like to, you know, do the bum 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 on the drum. <laughs> so we met in chemistry class. So we've always had chemistry is what I say. <laughs> That's so funny. But he was a senior and I was a sophomore. And Nicole was like, Hey, I really think you should start texting this Derek guy. Like he's so funny and he reminds me just of you. I was like no he's stuck up Like, I think he's dumb I'm like, not dumb like mentally but yeah. he just thinks he's funny and I don't like I'm not I don't want to be involved with him well then we kept texting and texting and we just the rest is history that's crazy <laughs> that's so
0: funny <laughs> I remember Nicole saying like at your guys's wedding mm-hmm. that she like set you guys up and it's yeah, so funny she did. and just funny how like at first, you didn't see yourself with him, and now it's like, oh no, I did. You not could like never him. be with anybody else. No, but I think honestly, it was weird
1: at first because a lot of people are like, oh, you need to get out of your hometown to meet your forever mm-hmm. person. So I think that's why we both kind of strayed away from each other for a little bit because it is kind of crazy to think if you both live in such a small town, like, are you the best for each other? Or yeah, is there someone better? Yeah, but it's like, who cares? Like if you're. If you're happy
0: mm-hmm. together and you love each other, like mm-hmm. who cares, right? So and you know, so finally figured it out. You know so much more about their life. I feel like, yeah, like you, you knew his family. Mm-hmm. You played basketball with his sister. Yeah. Like there's What's so many funny other connections. Is Emily
1: always got called Kitch on the basketball floor. I was like, gosh, I want a cool nickname like that. Like <laughs> marry your brother. <laughs> and mom actually said she remembers ronnie which would be his grandpa coming into the usda office being like man you have a cute girl i have a grandson that'd be
0: pretty cute too and then it's like come full circle now and it's like look at us now that's crazy it's crazy to think all the connections yes um and so what are qualities like that you saw in him that i feel like beyond just physical attraction Mm -hmm. but like what are qualities you saw in him and like you still love today I would definitely say his
1: funniness and like just his... Sometimes I think I I am too serious and I am a little too, like, mature, whatever you want to say. And he just brings me back down and, like, reminds me, you need to laugh, honey. It's fine. Like, sometimes I'm like, will you freaking shut up? Or will you please be serious? But then it's, like, at the end of the day, like, what more do you want? Like, Mm -hmm. he definitely keeps me young, keeps me lively. And he is probably, I mean, there's a lot of people, like, in our family that's super supportive. But he's one that's, like, always, always, always there, no Mm -hmm. matter what. So I'm definitely thankful for that um he also doesn't usually complain when i give him to-do list but he's just so handy like our shower has had used to have those Mm -hmm. gross like sliding doors and i was like derek i cannot give our baby a bath with this crap in the way yeah so the day after thanksgiving he just took it all out put up a new shower curtain like it was nothing it's like, this is like new. That's How did you awesome. do this? Like, he's just so, he's just good at, I feel like everything he does, mm-hmm. it's just so cool to see. Mm-hmm. He's also super forgiving. So, I mean, I feel like this past year I've had a ton on my plate, like working and transitioning to a new mom and studying yeah. but then I still have to be a wife but then like you still have to fit into your pants so you need like exercise <laughs> and like a lot of that I feel like falls on him and so yeah. I do kind of snap sometimes but at the end of the day I'm like honey I'm sorry and he's like it's okay I get it yeah I'm like I know but it, you shouldn't have to yeah you know wear the brunt
0: of all of that but he always does and he's just so forgiving
1: oh he still loves me oh <laughs> I love that
0: thankfully and it's so cool to hear just like the qualities it's just fun to hear it from your perspective mm-hmm. because I totally see all of that in yeah. him and in your relationship. And, and I was even thinking like, i grandma loves him. Like they're the same person so to a degree funny <laughs> because I'm just like, when grandma loves somebody, it just, it matters. It does. Like, and she loves everybody, but right. there are people when they walk in the room, she hugs them and you know, it's real. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those people that she's always like, well, he worked at the post office for a little bit. So she's always bringing up things about the post office because she works there and loves it. And so it just cracks me up. But I love that. Like, um, I don't know. He just fits into our family so perfectly. And that matters. Yes.
1: Well, I just know the family likes him because if I show up to somewhere, everyone's like, where's Derek? I'm like, oh, hey, guys, your dad is the worst. I know. Your dad is always like, where's Derek? Where's Derek? Where's Derek? Like, hey, Todd, I've only been in your life for 20-some-odd years.
0: I'm telling you, him and Derek, I think they're related somehow because they are they so are similar. Twins. They're so similar. Gosh. And it's funny because you remind me a lot of my mom. I know. Sometimes I
1: think <laughs> I'm like her long-lost daughter. Sometimes. I think you are.
0: And so it's, it's funny so because funny. your marriage, I'm like, I see parallels between yes. your guys' marriage and my parents' 100%. marriage. 100 It cracks me <laughs> up. so fun. Um, so any what was early marriage like, or even before that, mm-hmm. the, I'm, I'm in a season of life right now where a lot of my friends are, are waiting on the ring. Mm-hmm. And so, and I know it's a hard wait for them. Yeah. Like, you know, they're wondering when, like, when is he going to propose? When, you know, when is the ring going to come? Mm-hmm. And I guess like, what was that like for you when you were, you guys were like, obviously going to get married, mm-hmm. but you weren't engaged yet.
1: I'm glad you brought it up actually. Cause I kind of forgot about it, but, Josh and Michaela were, after, were another close couple of ours, um, but they had only been together like four-ish years or so. I don't know the years, but Josh proposed to Michaela, and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, <laughs> I have put in more years. Yeah. Why don't I have a ring? Yeah. And it just kind of got to a point where I was like, whoever proposed. Like, it's <laughs> you just focus only on that. Yeah. And then you forget, like, this is the one time that we're going to be young and dating and have fun. Like, So part of me wishes that I wasn't so focused on getting the ring. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's a huge part. Trust me. I get it. I was there. But now, like, looking back, you're never going to get this time back together Mm -hmm. where you're young. You have no responsibilities. Like, just enjoy it. Yeah. The ring will come.
0: Yes. And along with that, because a lot of other things, (laughs) just have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then when you guys did get married, like, what was early marriage like? Because I remember you saying, like, there's definitely a shift. Mm-hmm. Like things do change. Yeah. And and it is different. Like that's your husband though. Yeah. And so can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Honestly, at first it was the quote unquote marital bliss. Yes. Everywhere I went, I was like, ooh, maybe my husband. Look at me make my husband dinner. Look at me fold my husband's laundry. Uh-huh. And then it got to a point where it was like, oh, like we have to share checking accounts. <laughs> like we have to figure out like things together. Yeah. Like that was a very big shift. And then since mom and dad weren't together growing up i only saw mom like she made decisions for mom and mm-hmm. for us kids but i was like i have to make one with a guy of all people like <laughs> what but it was definitely a shift but we you have to just talk about it yeah. and like figure it out like sit down and be like i this doesn't make me happy mm-hmm. so let's figure it out mm-hmm. and you just as years go by it gets better it gets easier yeah but it was honestly it was so fun like the early Probably the first year was so fun. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not fun now,
0: but right. it was really fun. And and I think like um, you guys have great friends mm-hmm. and you guys are fun people. You guys like do fun things with your friends. Mm-hmm. And so can you talk about that a little bit about how like marriage and relationships don't always have to be an isolated thing, mm-hmm. but like you guys can go have fun together yeah. with other couples and with people and mm-hmm. have friends outside of that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think that's something you guys do really well.
1: I like, Our dynamic because like my friend, we have like kind of my friend group. And then he has like a couple different friend groups, Mm -hmm. which I kind of like. Um, he, I don't know, we just, you can just hang out with a bunch of different people. And I like that. I I mean, I could talk to stinking anybody (laughs) and I love it. (laughs) So like, I just like having those different, Mm -hmm. um, different relationships. And then now that most of us are married and starting to have kids, it's just fun to see that transition like as you go through life it's super fun
0: i remember you guys having like you would have friends over for dinner or Mm -hmm. whatever like once a week yeah we used to with it was joshua michaela and jacob we called it the fifth wheel gang (laughs) because poor (laughs) jacob
1: but yeah it's just so fun and why not when you live in such a small town
0: mm -hmm. and you're right down the road why wouldn't you right and like um pool parties yeah pool parties you guys still do that if you've got kids and stuff it's just Mm -hmm. like i love that so much it's like your life doesn't have to stop or change dramatically mm-hmm. when you do get married. You just like you keep pouring it into those other relationships. Bring people in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Super fun. Um, so I guess today you guys have been married three years so? Yeah, has it in been 19. three years? Yeah, it would be. It would have been three years in That's October. So weird. I know. Um, what's your biggest piece of marriage advice? Hmm.
1: Honestly, I think a lot of times, which I'm a clean freak, a neat freak, and I'm always complaining, like, why is there crumbs everywhere? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. But then it it kind of has to hit you at some point. Like, there's crumbs here because you have a husband who put the crumbs here. There would be a lot of people in life that would – love to have crumbs on their countertop from a husband and they don't yeah so it's like just enjoy the fact that you have a husband Mm -hmm. be thankful for it Mm -hmm. and it'll be fine Uh yeah there's clothes right next to the laundry basket that should be in the basket Mm -hmm.
0: but that just means you have a husband you have somebody to pick up after so Uh just be grateful for it and just enjoy it that's so good i love that you said that too because i i used to always think like people only experience singleness before they get married Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so like you know, early twenties or whatever, that's like when you experience singleness, Mm -hmm. but I never think about widows and how Mm -hmm. widows experience singleness later in life and how, um, I was reading this book this one time and this woman had been a widow and they, her and her husband had only been married, like, I want to say like five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then he died. And she talks about how like those things that used to irritate her so much are the things that she misses misses the most. most. Like she's like, a snore to a wife that's like married to a husband that snores, it's so irritating but then like a snore is something that a widow misses the most Mm -hmm. and i was like oh that's so like that's so true yeah and so i just love that you said that because it's like the same thing i actually thought about grandma a lot like i'm Mm -hmm. like you know
1: what grandma would probably give anything on this earth to pick to do a load of (laughs) of muddy old overalls like
0: i'm not gonna complain one bit about this so let's just be grateful So, so true. Um, And so you guys got married. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, which came first? Were you thinking about having kids or were you thinking about going back to grad school?
1: I I think about having kids first because a lot of our friend group... I just got married, too. And a lot of them surrounding us were pregnant at Mm -hmm. that time. So I was like, well, I guess everybody else is. Like, that's next, right? Yeah. I feel like you just have such in your head. You think there's such a timeline. You get married. You have to get a house. You have to do this, this, this. Yes. And so I think I was just following that timeline. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was. So I was like, well, I guess we should start trying, too. Mm -hmm. And so we started trying for honestly the whole we probably tried for like 10 months and i was like why is this not happening like Mm -hmm. i thought you just sat down you're like i'm gonna get pregnant or you have kids Mm -hmm. and it's like that's just not how it works Mm -hmm. and i kept getting negative tests after negative tests i was like i don't understand like why isn't this working well then in the fall of what would that have been 2020 i I think. think Mom got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like yeah. she was sick. I don't even like to look at pictures of it because yeah. she was so sick. Yeah. And it was just a lot, like emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. And then now looking back, well, and I got into grad school at that time, which we can go back to that later, but okay. there was just all so much within like that six months. And then after finally, I don't know why, but a light bulb finally went off. I was like, this is why I had all those negative tests. Yeah. You can't have a healthy pregnancy when you're going through all these stresses in life. Right. And so it sounds so cliche, but it's like God timing, God's timing, seriously mm-hmm. unmatched. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other way I have to put it, but mm-hmm. it was, yeah, I can't put it any other way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause, cause you were a huge, like help to your mom during that time. I remember she yeah. had surgery mm-hmm. and then, Something she had a complication after the surgery, and you went and stayed with her for a while, and like just took care of her. And like, it's crazy that you know God knew all that was going to happen, and and those negative tests happened for a reason so that you could be there for your mom. And even then, I feel like like you grew so close to your mom in that time, like because I feel like there's it's hard to be an adult child, Mm -hmm. and there's a shift where you like are kind of like I want to be on my own, I want to do right, yeah. But you also still like want to care for your family and support them and like take care mm-hmm. of them when those things happen. And so, um, it's just cool that God was kind of like growing close to your mom in that mm-hmm. time in preparation for what was to come. Yeah, definitely. And so, um, you got into grad school during that time. And so you were deciding to go back to grad school mm-hmm. and what was that decision like? Cause you had already been through so much school. And so what was that like? I honestly got a
1: lot of hate for it, so I didn't tell literally anyone. I don't know if you might not know, I don't but think
0: I knew that you had applied.
1: I don't think. When we went on the Granger ski trip to Wisconsin, I was waiting to hear if I got in or not. Yeah. And so I just didn't tell anybody because the few people that I did tell, they're like, you're going to school again? Yeah. Are you kidding? How much longer? Why would you want to do that? Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, then I'm just not going to tell anybody. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I just feel like if I don't go to do this, I'm not going to live up to my full potential. Mm-hmm. So I, whenever I applied, you can either get a bachelor's of discimetry or a master's. I was mm-hmm. like, I already have a bachelor's of therapy. So why get another? It's right. so like, let's just do it. Let's just do the master's degree. I think I was really naive about grad school. I was just like, <laughs> it's just another degree. Right. We're just doing it? <laughs> so I just did it and applied and I got in and it was just kind of a whirlwind, honestly. But I just felt like if I didn't get not saying that if you don't get your master's, you haven't accomplished anything. But Mm -hmm. for me personally, it was just like, I feel like
0: I have the ability to do it. So if I'm not going to use that, what What are you doing? Right. And I think like, I feel like you were high achieving in high school Mm -hmm. and and going into college too. I'm just like, it came very naturally. And I feel like that is a gift. Mm -hmm. Like, as I think about like going to grad school myself, like my brother said something, Briar said something to me. Um, the summer that I had started grad school and he was like telling somebody I was there but he was telling somebody that I had started grad school he's like oh school's so easy for her and I started to think about it and I'm like there really are I feel like people where it's just like a natural gifting Mm -hmm. over their life where it's like school is familiar and you're you're just in the groove of it and it comes very naturally it's still hard Mm -hmm. but it comes very naturally and when Briar said that, I was like, he definitely hated school, and he'd probably say, like, he'd probably agree but if he listens to this and hears that like, he would agree. But um I like haven't hated school like it. I I do enjoy yeah. it, and I feel like you're the same way. And definitely. so it's like, why wouldn't we go to grad yeah. school when when it's like something that we're gifted in, and I feel like God's placed in our lives like mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to step into. Definitely. Um. So what is dosimetry, it, or being a dosimetrist? What is that for people that don't know? And how did you kind of find out about it?
1: When I was in therapy school, you have to view all the different aspects Mm -hmm. of therapy. And dosimetry was one of them. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the back burner. Not the back burner, but you're in the back of the department, I guess. So I'll go back. So when you're a therapist, you bring a patient into the treatment room. You administer their treatment every day. You turn the beam on, all that good stuff. So a dosimetrist Mm -hmm. is... At the computer, they make the treatment plan. So they decide like what beam angles are the best to get the most dose to the tumor, but the less dose to the critical organs. So Mm -hmm. if I have a lung patient come in, I want all my dose to that tumor but I have to spare the esophagus so they don't have a sore throat. I have to spare the healthy lungs so they can still breathe normally. I have to spare the heart so that way they don't have complications later in life. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like a puzzle almost, like a challenging Mm -hmm. puzzle because every patient's different. I mean, I could only plan lung patients, but not one of them is going to be the same. And so I really like that critical thinking, the challenging. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't when it takes like eight hours to do (laughs) one plan, (laughs) but I think it just... I think that's what I needed in life was something that's going to continuously challenge me not something that is just monotonous and yeah. typical 8 to 5. Yeah. It's a very good fit for me knowing that I'm helping people like I still kind of get that social mm-hmm. bit but then it's also relies heavily on the academic side cuz like you said I do feel like that is one of my gifts yeah. is being relatively smart. Yeah. And like I think this is just a perfect mix for me. Mhm.
0: Definitely. And so you had started grad, let's see, you started grad school that, was it that January? Yes. So Mm -hmm. January of 2021. Mm -hmm. And before we get into um, Miss K, (laughs) (laughs) Um, what was it like to work in the healthcare setting Mm -hmm. during COVID? It was hard. It was really scary, actually. So I remember, it's such a core
1: memory, before COVID got bad, I was working at Springfield, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about how it got bad over in, like, Italy and stuff, and they were shutting down basketball games and no funerals, and I was, I remember distinctly walking into a treatment vault, and me and Kendra were like, oh, there's no way they're gonna shut down March Madness, like, who does that? (laughs) And then it was like, the next week, we had a patient that was possibly, like, this isn't even a true positive patient, Mm -hmm. she was possibly... And she comes down the hallway, and you have to drape them in all sheets. That way, they don't touch anything. So she had like a sheet over her head. You have a sheet over the wheelchair. You're wearing your N95, your Pappers. You can't once you touch something like you're dirty, and it was just like you didn't know because that you can't see like the germs. You know right. what I mean? And nothing was really known about COVID and. It was interesting. It was just like a lot mentally, I think, just because nobody knew. right? And so whenever I'd come home, I would take all my clothes out in the garage. My shoes did not come inside. I'd go straight to the shower, wash it all down. But I just felt bad for the other therapists. Like, they had kids at home to yeah. worry about bringing it home to. Like, I just had I just had to go home and take a shower. Like right. They had to take care of children. Right. And it was just very it was interesting, That's especially crazy. because, like, I think a lot of people only – not saying like, oh, you forgot about us, but I, and nurses did wear the brunt of the COVID patients, but I don't think a lot of people realized everybody was affected. Like patients still had cancer during COVID. Like they still had to get radiation treatments Mm -hmm. during COVID. Mm -hmm. So that was, it was, it was different. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree that I I don't think people think about um, the entirety of yeah. the healthcare field Everybody. and how, how it's affected everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, people don't stop having cancer during COVID. Mm-hmm. So you were still, you know, risking yourself by <laughs> treating them. Um, and so you started grad school that January and you found out you were pregnant in June of 2021. Okay. So tell us the pregnancy journey. <laughs> it was, I
1: think it was like a, We had Jenna's Bachelorette party in the Ozarks. And so Thursday, you know, I go to Walmart, I get some high noons, I get some dailies, I get 24 pack of beer. Like I'm ready to go. And then I wake up Friday morning and I don't know what came over me, but I was like, I just feel like maybe I should be responsible and take a pregnancy test. I'm talking instantly, instantly positive. I was like, oh. So I ran a Dollar General, you know, we're in a small town, so you can't just buy a pregnancy test. I bought vegetable oil. (laughs) It's a pregnancy (laughs) test at our local Dollar General. That's so (laughs) funny.
0: found out I was pregnant with Lomas (laughs) K. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. And so you find out you're pregnant and you're going on this bachelorette party. That weekend.
1: And so I got, I got blood work before I left because they don't confirm it until you get your blood work. Um, So I got the blood work before I left. I rode all the way down there with Kia. Like I'm trying to make small talk with Kia, but like in my head, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm pregnant. And so we get there. I don't say anything to anybody and we're all playing cards, like just kind of getting familiar with people. And I get on my, my chart on my phone and my HCG levels were like through the roof, which is like number one, sure, tail sign, like, yeah, honey you're pregnant. And so I'm, I'm like looking at my phone and everybody else is drinking. And I was like, Oh my goodness. So I go upstairs for a little bit. I'm just like, this is real. And then like later that night, I'm just, I opened up a beer can and dumped it down the drain and then just came back out. And like, I just babied that thing all night long. (laughs) Like that thing did not leave my side. Well, then we're out on the boat the next day and I'm a sucker for some jello shots and Kia knows this. And so she made double like for me. So we're out on the boat and she's like, here, here. And I look at her. I'm like, Kia, you have got to be quiet. I cannot be taking any jello shots. And she was like,
0: why? (laughs) Like,
1: Kia, I can't take them. And she was like, oh, I was like, yeah. And so, so, shut up. Kia knew that entire trip. <laughs> Praise the Lord for Kia. I didn't want to ruin anything for Jenna because, like, that's her time. Wants right. To have fun. But thank goodness Kia was my wing woman. Like, anytime we had like group shots or whatever, Kia got doubles. Oh my gosh. It was an interesting time to find out. It's <laughs> oh, so funny. And how'd you tell Derek? <laughs> I tried to call him, but he was on the mail route. And so he was still sorting through packages or whatever. And I had to go pick up Kia. Like, I had to leave. So I had to send him a picture. <laughs> I was like, this is not how I wanted to tell you. But here it is. And in true Derek fashion, he texts me back. Oh, snap. I'm going to be a baby daddy.
0: <laughs> yes. You um, are. So funny. <laughs> and so you said, like, before you guys were actively trying for a while. Mm-hmm. But then you got, you got into grad school. Mm-hmm. And so was were you, like, thinking about it at all?
1: Not really. I honestly had kind of got to the point where I was like, I don't think we're going to be able to have kids. So yeah. we just weren't, you know, we're just living life. Right. And me and Derek actually talked about this the other day. We just thought we were going to be those ones that couldn't have kids. Yeah. And it's not something that we really talked about because I feel like nothing it's awkward, but you don't want to be those people yeah. that can't have kids, but it just wasn't happening. And now looking back, I think it's just because I was on birth control for so long mm-hmm. and we were just kind of trying to figure everything out right. and like, God's timing like he just knew better and so I think finally at that point I was just comfortable I was just Mm -hmm. living life. I wasn't stressing Mm -hmm. it was fine and then that's when it happens that's so (laughs) crazy when you least expect it that's what they always say 100% um
0: and so you know you find out you're pregnant and Mm -hmm. and you're when did it hit you that like oh my gosh I'm in the middle of grad school like I'm not going to be done with grad Mm -hmm. school by the time I have this baby because you didn't know it was girl Mm -hmm. um and what was that what were you thinking like during that time You're going to think I'm crazy, but it never did. It still hasn't. Like,
1: it was just, I don't know. It's just part of life. Like, that's, this is just what you, this is your deal. I'm just doing, yeah. (laughs) This is my deal. I'm just doing it. Yeah. Like, I remember getting back home from the Ozarks and talking to Derek in the kitchen. And I was like, why aren't you like jumping for joy? He was like, I'm worried about you. Like, how are you going to do this and have a healthy pregnancy? I was like, it'll be fine. Like, (laughs) you just do it. I don't know. And he was like, no, like, I, how are you going to do this? I was like, I'll just split up my classes, or I'll take another semester. And we'll figure it out. Yeah. So I really don't think I ever really thought about it that much. Mm-hmm. Like I think I was just naive, and right? Just...
0: And excited, probably excited yeah. to like be a mom, mm-hmm. and oh, uh, it's just crazy. Once I... again, the Cheyenne mentality of like, <laughs> I oh, it's fine. <laughs> you just go. You just do it. <laughs> what were you gonna say though? You're gonna say something.
1: Oh, in the beginning, it was hard to like ex- not accept that you're pregnant, but come to terms with it I guess because you don't feel any different you just your blood works as you are right And like I didn't feel bad luckily so Mm -hmm. it was just I think that's also why I was naive about grad Mm -hmm. school because I didn't feel any different I was just told hey you got a baby in your belly right so it was I think that's why I didn't fully be like oh man I'm scared right
0: I just it was fine (laughs) oh my gosh that's so crazy and so new motherhood you you have her in february mm-hmm. so you're in the middle of a semester right mm-hmm. and before before we get into that mm-hmm. you're due the end of february yeah i don't remember my real due date maybe february 24th i think
1: okay so tell us like you know the the story so <laughs> before so it's in let's go back to january i i had technically one semester of classes left four classes, two core, two relatively easy. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew myself on maternity leave. I was like, I think I'm going to go stir crazy doing nothing. And just knowing when I go back to work, not only am I going to have a newborn, but I'm going to have four classes. Like I think I should take two while I'm on maternity leave. So I took my two easies. And they were so gracious during the semester. I messaged them and I was like, hey, I just had a baby. Is there any way I could have like three weeks off? And then I promise I will get back into it. Mm -hmm. And they were gracious enough. Like my grades were good enough up to that point. They're like, yes, we totally trust that you're going to get back on track. So I was enrolled in two courses when I had her. um, And then I was able to, I don't think I had anything due until like early March, which was perfect timing. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit hard to kind of go back through those three weeks and fill in the blanks and then continue to keep up with the new stuff but I just feel like in the newborn days she's just sleeping a lot you're both just she's just you're just holding her basically right. and so she would nap on me a lot and I would have my laptop on my lap and I think that's why she's so smart because she's yeah. listening to master's <laughs> lectures like, in so her funny. early early days
0: Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> yeah and, and so, your labor, I mean, you were due at the end of February, mm-hmm. but you had her at the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. And so, what happened that made you have her early? I was 36 and a half weeks.
1: So, it's Sunday, it would be Sunday, I think maybe like the last week of January, first week of February. We all had family dinner at Ruth's because it's Ronnie's birthday on February 3rd. Mm-hmm. And we're all just talking about the baby and how I have my appointment the next day. And we're interested in like what the heart rate is, you know, all that fun stuff. And Core memory was Auntie M is like, we all thought for sure this baby was a boy. And Auntie M on that Sunday dinner was like, you do realize there's a 50% chance it's a girl. (laughs) And so then fast forward to about 24 hours later, I go to my appointment and I had high blood pressure. And Dr. Alexander was like, you're having a baby by the end of the week. I said, excuse me, there's 18 inches of snow coming by the end of the week. And so for those of you who don't know what high blood pressure is in pregnancy, it can lead to preeclampsia. And so if your blood pressure is too high, you could essentially lose mom and baby. Mm-hmm. And so my fear was if we had this huge snowstorm and I turn preeclamptic, I'm stuck at home. Like, we're 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Mm-hmm. And to be stressed out raises your blood pressure. Which, it's like all these red flags just yeah. kept popping up. So, me and Derek, we kind of like, okay, I think we should get a hotel room, go there Wednesday night, and then we're ready for the 6 a.m. induction Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. So, we did. We went there, hunkered down, just literally just watched the snow come. And it was so, it was I don't want to say eerie because that makes it seem creepy. And it wasn't a creepy process. It was just weird. Yeah. So, Tuesday, we came home, we packed up all of our bags, and it's like, this is the last time I'm going to be in my home without a little mm-hmm. child. Like, this is crazy. So we packed up old blue and then we just hit the road. I don't think we said anything on the way there. It was just like, just so surreal almost. Yeah. And so then we we just hang out in Quincy all day Wednesday. I think Derek was just, I think he just needed some time to himself. So me and mom went to Panera. We're just eating my last <laughs> meal. Panera. <laughs> and then we go into the hospital at 6 a.m. on Thursday. And I think what I was so surprised at is it's a long process to get induced. Like you're, you go, you're given a dose of a medicine and you sit there for four hours and then they give you a second dose and you sit for another four. I was like, let's get this show on the road. Like, (laughs) what do you mean? I have to stay here for eight hours. And so we went through the whole eight hours. They broke my water, all that sort of stuff. And then they gave me Pitocin, which I don't know if anyone has heard of Pitocin, but that stuff was crazy. (laughs) So they give it to you like in small increments every half hour, they up the dose. I think they started that at, like, 4 p.m. And I distinctly remember the nurse screaming at, like, 6 maybe, stop the pit. (laughs) Like, that stuff was crazy. And so I don't know what the time frame was. So it makes your contractions
0: speed up. Yes, like, rapid. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah, it was crazy. And so everything just started going fast, fast, fast. And then all of a sudden, all the nurses run in. And they're having me, like, rotate to different sides and this side and this side. Well, in hindsight now, I was told that they couldn't um, see baby's heartbeat on the monitor. And sometimes Pitocin has a bad effect on the baby. And so they were worried that her heart rate was plummeting. Like I was going to have to go to emergency C-section. So I remember I was on all fours. Like I was just trying to slow my contractions down. And I remember my friend Kia had an emergency C-section. I was like, God, please do not let me labor this entire day and make me go to C-section. Like I just want to have this baby. Please just let me have this baby.
0: Yeah.
1: And luckily I got to have the baby and no epidural or anything but I remember turning to the nurse like it's go time like I remember something felt I yelled I was like something feels wrong I don't know what it is something feels different and they're like oh honey it's time to push and so I turned to the nurse and I was like is it too late for an epidural (laughs) and you could tell she like looked over me and looked at Derek like are you gonna tell this girl it's too late or do I have to And I, before she even answered, I was like, I know it's too late. It's fine. Oh my God. And so then by the time I flipped back around, the
0: big lights run and were on and we are having a baby. That's so crazy. It was so fast. So fast. I remember that day. I was thinking about you all day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, when is this baby going to come? Like, I want to know. Oh, we are just waiting boy, All day. And so before that, before you were induced and everything, mm-hmm. the days before when you're sitting in the, you know, you're sitting in the hotel mm-hmm. room. Your mom's there, your husband's there, and you're, like, anticipating this baby. Like, what were you thinking during the time? Were you scared about labor and, like, about, like, complications Mm -hmm. and things?
1: Definitely. I think since I'm in the medical field, I know what can go wrong. Mm -hmm. And then since my friends have had babies, I know how it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just so many emotions like all at once. But then you're also so excited to meet your baby, but then you're like, well, what if something goes wrong? Right. But I'm so excited to see if it's a boy or a girl, but what if it's not completely healthy? And it's like, you're just battling all of these back and forth the whole time. Mm-hmm. One thing I do remember, I was up since like 3am when we were getting induced. And I was like, man, am I, what baby name am I going to pick? I was stuck between two boy names. <laughs> And not a thought in my mind of a girl name. I was like, how am I gonna pick between these two boy names? Oh it's like I'll just have to see see him and decide like which one he looks like. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Alexander showed her to me and I looked at Derek and I was like, What are we gonna name her? <laughs> He's like, honey, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> but I was stunned. So highly
0: recommend not finding out. It was so fun. The ultimate surprise. Yes. That's what people always say. It was so fun. Oh my gosh. I remember waking up. I think I woke up in the middle of the night that night and Mm -hmm. I had gotten the text of like the picture of you guys a family of three and it was just surreal it was like so crazy that you had a baby the whole process is surreal I feel like and and I remember like I never think babies look like anybody Mm -hmm. but her immediately I was like she looks like Cheyenne and like I never had that moment where I thought a baby looked like one of its parents it's funny because during the pregnancy I would always
1: say The mailman was the dad because Derek used to be a mailman and like just joking. Well then when Derek like sent the picture to all of his friends, he was like, Mailman didn't leave no
0: stamp, looks just like her mama. That's hilarious. So Derek thought so too. Oh, Oh my gosh. And so how long was it before you guys named her? Um,
1: I wanted to wait until she got a bath, got some clothes on, what she we looked had, like. Yeah, like what do we really want to do? And all of my names that I liked Derek, didn't, mm-hmm. Well, then you have to write it all out, make sure it all looks good. I mean, it was probably over 24 hours. Okay. But like it's a big decision. It is. It's like, That's her name forever. Not only that, but then I feel like their name reflects you, who uh-huh. you are as parents. And I was like, this is big. <laughs>
0: And it was, but it like now that I see her, I could not picture anything else, right. for sure. Right. And so, new motherhood, tell us some <laughs> of like the highs and lows of being a new mom. There definitely was a lot of both, I feel like. I'll
1: start with the lows, that we can end on the highs. Okay, love it. <laughs> I think in the beginning, I honestly was really angry and like resentful, because no one told me like how hard it was going to be. Yeah. I was so sore and so tired, and it's just mentally... I was breastfeeding, so I'm responsible for her well-being, essentially. I mean, not that Derek wasn't helping, but that's just a lot mentally. Mm -hmm. And I think it got portrayed as being angry towards Derek. But in my head, I was like, I spent nine months having my body change. (laughs) I'm doing all the reading on how to prepare for all of this. I'm picking out all the baby products. And you just wake up and your dad? (laughs) That is so unfair. (laughs) And so I think it was just portrayed in my mind. I was like, this is the scales are not even. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be mad at the world. Mm-hmm. And I think if I would have just talked about it, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. But it's just so hard in those early days. And oh, yeah. you're sleep deprived. And the postpartum hormones are crazy. You're not crazy. The hormones are. <laughs> it was it was definitely an adjustment period for sure. Oh gosh. And like, I can't I even don't... imagine. Yeah, I struggle with mom guilt so bad. Which I know I've talked to your mom about this, Mm -hmm. but for those of you who don't know what mom guilt Mm -hmm. is, like a very simple example is your baby takes a nap. So if I'm holding the baby, I'm guilt. I feel guilty because I'm thinking my baby should be in her crib. That way she gets good healthy sleep habits. So I put my baby in the crib. I feel guilty that I'm not holding my baby because (laughs) you're never going to get this time back. She's (laughs) never going to be this young. Yeah. The epitome of mom guilt. Like, I'm not kidding. Everything in life is now to me is mom guilt. And it's like, I tried to ask Derek one day about it. He was like, no, just let the baby sleep. And it's like, sometimes I do feel like I need to
0: just be like, no, it's fine.
1: Right. But mom
0: guilt is definitely a very hard, hard adjustment for I'm me. I'm sure. I've heard a lot of like moms say that too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm sure it's like, such a unique experience that Mm -hmm. you only really fully understand when you have a child of your own where you're like thinking about them and responsible for them. And
1: Oh gosh, definitely. Another, I wouldn't say low because it brought a lot of good things out of it, but it definitely changed our marriage a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so I remember this was one of the postpartum hormone episodes. I remember I was sitting in the chair because I just didn't feel comfortable in bed. So I was sitting out in the chair and I was like, I've never not slept with my husband mm-hmm. in in our home like that's just one thing we we go to bed together right and I was sitting in the chair and I just broke down. I was like, what did we do? It's not just us anymore. yeah like this is big. yeah, but then you feel guilty because you love her so much, but it's like we're never gonna get this time back. yeah. and so that was that shift was really, really hard to know that it's not just us two anymore. Mm-hmm. But now that she's older and we're kind of figuring things out a little bit, I've just realized you have to be a lot more intentional. Mm-hmm. There's no – once she goes to bed, you don't sit on the couch and you scroll through your phone. Right. You sit on the couch together. You watch TV together. Mm-hmm. You talk about your day. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to talk. Just right. be together. Yeah. And I think that has definitely helped me like be more aware of it mm-hmm.
0: rather than focus on it's never just us two. Like, right. Just enjoy everything. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so good. I love that you said that because mm-hmm. – I feel like I've, I mean, I've heard like people talk about their experience as a new mom and stuff, mm-hmm. but nobody ever talks about the way that like, it does change your marriage. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And you like, you have the baby all the time. Like, yeah. it's not like, you know, you have the baby during the day and then she's Ship gone. Off. No, it's like you're, you're together now as a family all the 24/7. time. 24 You're traveling together. You're like doing holidays together. Yeah. You're home at night with the three of you and it's like beautiful, but it's also different. And it's just cool that you talked about that. This is why I'm like, as you're talking, I'm just like, you're like my big sister where I'm just like, this is, is so it? interesting. Like, I love that I have somebody going before me in life mm-hmm. that's like learning all these things and I just get to sit here and like soak it in because I'm not there. But like someday if I ever am, I'm like, wow, you. Will it's going to be helpful to like think about this and like know that somebody's been through And it.
1: you're, you kind of remind me of one of my friends, not that she was like quote unquote behind, uh-huh. but she was always quote-unquote behind, I guess, compared yeah. to the rest of us. And I feel like she has got so down on herself. And it's like, why? So that way, we, we figured all we this paved out. paved the way. Yeah. <laughs> or just like with the wedding, you can use all of our decor, mm-hmm. or we can figure all this hard stuff out, and we can talk about it. Like, right. I just don't think... I don't want you or anyone else to be like, ah, oh, I'm not there yet. It's like... Right. That's a huge plus that you're not there yet. Yeah. That we can figure it out for you. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Honestly.
0: So true. Um, And so... To maybe talk a little bit about like walking with God and Mm -hmm. like it through motherhood and pregnancy Mm -hmm. and just like the parallels between that and like the more
1: if you really dive deep it's like how did God think of all these things like every little thing is so entwined with God and I think everything about pregnancy and motherhood and breastfeeding it's it's just him through and through. Mm -hmm. And it's just so beautiful to think that he created all of it. Mm -hmm. And I I actually just read it the other day. It was in Hosea one. It talks about whenever Gomer had weaned the baby, then she was pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, almost like a revelation to me because I've heard like in the past several years, you're not supposed to breastfeed when you're also pregnant. And I was just, I think I just kind of reasoned with myself like, Oh, breastfeeding does take a lot out of you. You wouldn't be able to nourish, your baby that you're pregnant with like Mm -hmm. that makes sense but then i was like to see it in the word like that's how god designed it i was like what
0: like how did you think of this Uh like that is so cool that is cool and crazy that god's like in the details of that in the details, like something so small right and it shows how like you reading like you can read the bible again and again throughout your Mm -hmm. life and it's gonna hit you different in different different stages and it's like that you know would resonate with you now but if you read it five years ago you might have just been like oh cool cool (laughs) Um, And so, what about, like, how has, like, being a mom influenced, like, your relationship with other moms within, like, our family and Derek's family and things like that? It's definitely made
1: them so much better. So much better. So, like we mentioned earlier with my mom and, like, everything with her cancer and things, me being a mom, like, I don't think our relationship has ever been better. Mm -hmm. And she was here I think it might have been almost two. I had to kick her out. I was like, mom, I need to figure this out on my own. I love you, but get out of here. But she was just always there. And I actually, in the delivery room, I was like, I do not want my mom in there. Mm -hmm. Like, no way. It's only me and Derek. Like, that's weird. Yeah, I'm here to tell you. I'm so thankful she was there. (laughs) But, like, it's just made our relationship so much better. Mm -hmm. And she probably... The amount of questions I sent her when I was pregnant was outrageous. Oh, yeah. But I I know she loved every minute of it, too. And so Mm -hmm. I was thankful for that. And even now, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Kaylin, she hasn't pooped today. Is that bad? And then the next day, I'm like, oh, she's pooped three times. Is that too much? (laughs) And it's just, like, all these little things. Like, Mm -hmm. it definitely just builds your relationship so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think Kaylin being a girl, too, it's like, it just makes so much sense uh-huh. that she is a girl to just with our family dynamic. Uh-huh. It's just so cool. I just love that it. Cool. It's also really strengthened my relationship with your mom. Like we said earlier, I feel like I'm her long lost daughter sometimes. You are. <laughs> you are. I remember, she might not remember it, but I came to Carthage just to visit. I needed to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Your mom showed up with a turkey wrap, a little mini DQ ice cream cake, and a water. She was like, Give me the baby. You need to eat and drink. Do not argue. <laughs> And, like, she, other people might have thought, like, oh, that's bossy. But your mom had been there. Like, mm-hmm. she knew what it was like to have a newborn. And she knew how depleting it was mm-hmm. to breastfeed. Like, she knows you don't have time to eat. Mm-hmm. So, here, eat and I will hold your baby. <laughs> and, like, I just think we kind of have that unspoken, like, gratefulness. And, like, mm-hmm. I just know how gentle she is with mm-hmm. Kaylin and – which is so similar that it just gives me peace knowing Mm -hmm. that she has her her right now. And I don't care that we're talking for two hours, (laughs) like she'll be fine. You know what I mean? So our relationship has gotten so much better. Not that it wasn't before, but I'm very grateful for your mom for Mm -hmm. all this. And then also with Tammy, since she's so close, she's definitely like my right hand. Mm -hmm. If I ever need something in a pinch, Tammy's here. Mm -hmm. Like the other day I needed to take a practice exam and somebody didn't want to nap in their crib. So we went to Grandma Tammy's and she got to hang out for a little bit and play. But it's like at the drop of a hat, Tammy is there. Yeah. And so I'm so thankful for that. And it's also really strengthened my relationship with my friends. I think it's so cool to, now that we've been talking about it. Yeah. Like we've been together since we're kindergartners. Mm -hmm. And now like Saturday mornings we're playing and destroying the playroom. And it's just so fun. Like to talk about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like the other day, one of my friends from x-ray school, you might remember Shelby. Mm-hmm. So she had a baby, I'd say like in October and she is exclusively breastfeeding as well. And she sent me a Snapchat that said, when baby sleeps for nine hours at night. And I said, how bad did you hurt in the morning? Like How bad was your shirt? And she was like, I honestly love that you said that because other people that are in this boat would never have thought of that. Yes. Like they would have just been like, oh wow, nine hours, that's a long time. Uh-huh. But since we're like, in that same stage of life together we both know like your shirt was soaked <laughs> and for those listeners that don't know you're you'll either get to that point or you've been there yeah. but it's just so cool to see like the how all the different relationships flourish like in the different
0: stages mm-hmm. with Lomis miss k that's so cool and you can't do it alone like no i just i feel like anytime like as girls or even just as people like mm-hmm. when you're struggling with something you feel very alone and mm-hmm. isolated but when you like Get the chance to sit with people and tell them, like, how you're feeling or what you're going through. And they're like, oh, me too. You, like, feel so known and so freed knowing that you're not alone in that. Like, other people are experiencing the same thing. And I'm sure, like, with motherhood, there's so many things where you're like, is this normal or Mm -hmm. this happened? And you guys can just, like, laugh and cry together and know that, like, they get it. okay. They're they're going through the same thing. Yes, definitely. That's so cool. Um, What was it like to finished grad school going back to mm-hmm. grad school while also adapting to being a new mom <laughs> don't recommend
1: <laughs> 12 out of 10 stressful I well back to the mom guilt thing I just like looking back I feel so guilty that like I'm never gonna get that time back and I was attached to a computer which in the long run I wasn't it was just mm-hmm. like a couple hours of the day but I just feel so guilty like not being totally present with her but I know like in the future like I'm gonna I do have a master's degree. Like, I can tell her, like, I have... Your mom has a master's degree. Like, yeah. that's huge. And, like, you can do anything you want. Yeah. But I do think... I Part of me regrets doing it when I had her. But at the same time, I don't... I didn't really have another choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could do it when she's older. But then, what? She remembers me not right. being there. Like, right. I'd rather do it now when she can just cuddle up on me while she's sleeping. I can get my stuff done. Mm-hmm. So, it was definitely hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say it was easy by any means. But
0: just day by day. Only Cheyenne, only Cheyenne could do that. Oh my <laughs> gosh. All of us were just like, wow, she is super woman. She is like thriving in marriage and new motherhood. And she is finishing grad school. Like you're like done now, right? Just one big test. Yes. I have you... my boards in January. Yeah. Which is awesome. And so exciting. Um, and just cool that like, you know, God, God gave you all those things at that time, mm-hmm. knowing that like you could handle it and like And maybe there were times you couldn't, but you leaned on God or, like, leaned on your support system. I
1: actually had a patient tell me once, um, I had told to them, like, they were very overwhelmed with their situation. I was like, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yes, he does. So that way you turn to him. Yeah. I was like, that is so profound. Like, that is so true. Yeah. And, like, even, like, through that, I was like, this is... Like, I just see that patient's face all the time now. And I'm like, it's so true. Yeah. Maxed out, but yep.
0: <laughs> doing it. Um, Are there any other, like, lessons from motherhood in general that you would want to share?
1: Oh, man. We could go on and on about her, but I don't think so. I think it's just, it's just so... It's definitely, like, a miracle. Just babies in general and, like, mm. this tiny little thing, how much you love mm. and your whole world just revolves around them. Yeah. Like, there's some nights I put her to bed and then I look at pictures and I'm like, I miss you. Aww. Or, like, I look at the monitor and I'm like, I love you. Aww. Like, don't wake up, but I love you. <laughs> Stay it's Yes, but you just love them so much. Mm. And it's just cool to think that it's half you, half your husband, yeah. the one that you love so much, too. Uh-huh. Not saying that there are not low moments, but... <laughs> Oh, one other thing I forgot to mention earlier, but this could go like in an advice column, whatever you want to do. No, go ahead. I caught myself early on being like, oh, Miss Kay, be really nice if daddy would do the dishes. <laughs> like maybe instead of saying that, you could be like, honey, I need you to do the dishes. I'm overwhelmed tonight. <laughs> like that's something that I have slowly learned. Like there's no need to be mean. What are you <laughs> teaching your daughter? To be rude? Like just, if you need something to speak up, say you need help. Like say I had a bad day. I don't want to do the dang dishes Mm -hmm. and your husband, if they love you, will step in and do it. (laughs) He cusses sometimes the whole time, but But he he will do them. (laughs) Yes. But just don't be, I'm trying to do better about that, about not being like say snide comments like that and just ask for help.
0: Like Mm -hmm. there's no shame in that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. How has your relationship with God grown and changed through all of these different seasons? Mm -hmm. I'd say that there's
1: been, like, a lot of ups and downs, like a lot of other people in life would say. But I don't want to say ups and downs, meaning, like, I've thrown them out because I mm-hmm. never really had. I mean, we both grew up in a mm-hmm. Christian family. You go to church. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a forefront in all of our family. So I would almost say, like, more I have went through a lot of fronts and backs. Like, in certain seasons, God has been at the very forefront. Number one, living my life for God, on fire for God. It's, yeah. Um, you guys would say, and sometimes it's been in the back, like I'm busy, Mm -hmm. but, and I feel like sometimes I'm ashamed of that, that I do push him to the back. But then it's like, when you do bring him to the front, like he's still there. Mm
0: -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's
1: like the more you seek him, the more he is there. Yeah. And just going through all these different seasons of life, there's definitely a lot of that. Um, I know one time I was in college, you know, you know, a lot of people on the, whoa, that's good podcast. They're all like, oh, in my college days, like <laughs> I was in my typical college days, you know, Derek was at WIU and we just weren't, we we're just living sinful lives, mm-hmm. sinful activities. And I'll never forget, Tammy rapped on the door was like, you're going to church. <laughs> it was like, Derek said, no, I'm not. And Tammy was like, I'm not letting you live like this. You're going to church. <laughs> and if any of you know, Tammy bless her heart. She meant it obviously in the best intention. Yeah. And We went to church every Sunday for like that entire year. And it was like, that's sometimes what you need, though, is someone Mm -hmm. to step in and be like, this isn't how you should live your life. Yeah. And I definitely needed that. I think since I was, I was just in that transition period and I just needed Tammy to rap on the door and tell me like, you're going to church. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. And then I also feel like here lately, which I know we've been talking about it too, but the closer you are, or like the more energy you put into it, the closer he is. And so I I just think like me, every every time when I drive now, I'm not listening. I still listen to Khalid. Don't get me wrong, but like when if you listen to worship music, you sing worship music. Mm-hmm. Like now, whenever I plan, I listen to Christian contemporary. Mm-hmm. When I'm in the shower at night, washing my hair, like I'm singing singing Lauren Daigle. You yeah. know, you're not singing cuss words, and yeah. it's just like what you fill your heart with is what starts coming out. Uh huh. There's is a verse they, about
0: that. Is there? Yeah. It says like what, uh, what fills the? Oh gosh, it's like um what like the heart is full of, like, the mouth speaks. Oh, yeah. Or something like that. That's one of my I'd new resolutions, is to learn something. more of the word. Like, to oh nail gosh. it. Don't we all <laughs> need to? <laughs> it's just so hard.
1: But I also think, one after since having Kaylin, it really opened my eyes, like, being a parent and seeing how much you love her and like just something as small as when she's sick and it just breaks your heart so much. like mm-hmm. Or when she was sick on your birthday, like <laughs> it was so sad to see like how much she just did not feel good. Yeah. And you want you will do anything to take that away. Yeah. And then to think that God had to sacrifice his son for us. Like he had to do that.
0: Yeah. Like, and it just
1: breaks my heart to think like God had to go through that yeah. for us. Right. And for God to have to see, Jesus's pain, mm-hmm. and know like you caused that. Yeah, but it, it wasn't him. Like it was us that mm-hmm. caused that. But I just think being a parent has definitely brought me, not more. We're never gonna be parallel with God, but you know what I mean. Like just just a different level, mm-hmm. like a whole new understanding yes.
0: of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so that's so good and so true. Um, I know that baptism is something that like I feel like has been on your heart a lot the past few years. And you've brought it up at different times. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. one time, I think I saw we're friends on the Bible app, and I saw that you had done some plan that was like a baptism plan. I was like, "What's she doing?" (laughs) And so, just tell us about that. Like, why has that been something that's been interesting to you, or you've thought about lately? I think that we were just talking about
1: the Bible plan. I I actually wrote that down in my notes. You might not remember, but on the river walk, you I don't remember this. You had we were just walking and just kind of chatting about it. You were like, Hey, I've seen you've been doing like some baptism studies. Like, what you want to talk about it? And I was like, This is so cool that like Brianna, Brianna thinks it's cool that like you know what I mean? I was yeah. just like, you know, you don't have to do this on your own. Like you can talk mm-hmm. to talk to people about it. Yeah. And so that was when was that? Probably like that's been a while. 4- twenty twenty three years. Was only twenty twenty one. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You're right. It was May, so that was when our preacher Dale came over. And Timon was a very traditional church, and mm-hmm. so there you get immersed. And so Derek had got immersed very early in life, and that's just what you do early on in life. And I don't not that Camden didn't do that, but I just never have become immersed in. Mm-hmm in life and not that I don't have a relationship with God. I've just never been immersed. And so Dale kind of approached me and was like, Hey, if you're interested, like this is what we do at Timewell. Mm-hmm. I was like, I respect that, but I I don't feel worthy. I don't feel ready. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like my relationship is mature enough yet. And so I just started studying. Like there was a point where I was which I I don't say this to be ashamed of myself now, but I hope it reaches other people. Like mm-hmm. there was a point I was like, I don't even know the difference between Jesus and God. Yeah. How am I supposed to get baptized if I don't even know that? Yeah. And so I just felt like I had to like just take some time and really like decipher everything. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even know what the Holy Spirit was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you just hear all these things, yep. you don't even know what it means. Yep. And so I just wanted like time to actually figure it out and work through all of that, and then. I mean, I'm still kind of – not that it's not weighing on my heart. Like, I'm getting baptized. It's just – I just have to literally put it on the couch. Yeah. But it's just been kind of a battle of am I ready and Mm -hmm. am I worthy? Yeah. But the more I'm reading and praying and listening, it's like you are never ready, but you're always worthy. Like, you – no matter what you do, like, that's why you're being baptized is because you're not worthy. Yeah. And so that's just something that I've I've definitely made, like, a personal – Commitment, mm-hmm. just haven't made a public. But mm-hmm. public is just as important, folks. Mm-hmm. So that way you can bring others to Christ as well. But I definitely, that's definitely been weighing on
0: my heart, like you said. That's <laughs> so cool. Oh, that's so cool. And so relatable. Mm-hmm. As far as like, like I know a big part in my story is my freshman year at college. Mm-hmm. I was like approached by this um girl that was on staff at the campus ministry, and she was like, Do you want to do Bible study? And I was like, Yeah, I go to church. Like I went to youth group, I'll do Bible study. And that Bible study was so transformational because I finally had space to ask all the mm-hmm. dumb questions yeah. that I felt like I had. Like, I didn't know what sin was. I'm like, yeah. what is sin? Like, it's thrown out in church a lot or in mm-hmm. conversation. But like, what is that actually? And like, I would just ask her all these questions mm-hmm. that I had. And she was never like, oh, my gosh, you don't know what that is. She was always like, let's find out together. Yeah. Like, let's That's let's awesome. open up the Bible and learn together together. And I just like that changed my life because then I started to learn like who God was Mm -hmm. and who I was. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I was like confronted with the gospel for the Mm -hmm. first time. And was like, I am not worthy. Like there's nothing I could do that would ever make me worthy. And like, that's the beautiful message Mm -hmm. of the gospel is that like Jesus makes us worthy. (laughs) Like Jesus paid the price so that we can be with God in eternity. And I just think like, that it all started with asking those questions Mm -hmm. and like not being met with like um, judgment or uh, just like disapproval of like, how do you not know what that is? And it's just like when you have those conversations with people, it's, it's awesome. Definitely. Um, And so I want to just talk a little bit about, you know, how we got here to this podcast, because I actually was telling the twins last night Mm -hmm. that like a while ago, you were at our house and I threw out, I was like, Shine's probably my most dedicated listener on the podcast. She's always sending me, like, her reviews after she listens to each episode. (laughs) And so I said to her, like, hey, you should be on the podcast. She's like, no. She immediately shut it down. Did I? Yes. You were like, no. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'll get her on there. And um, so then I, like, this, and this was, like, a couple, I feel like a couple months ago. Like, and it was just in passing. I threw it Mm -hmm. out. And you were like, no, I don't. I don't want to be on the podcast or something i'm like whatever you would be so good so anyway i a couple weeks ago like the beginning of december mm-hmm. i was like actually spending time with god and um just like having like time i feel like a big thing for me is i need to have like time not just like 20 minutes but like mm-hmm. you know i have nowhere to be i have nowhere to go i can like sit and journal and like just read a chapter of the bible and just kind of like be present mm-hmm. and during that time like you came to mind And I kind of feel like the way that I do this podcast is that I have an episode and I wait a while and kind of just see who God brings up in my like heart and in my mind. And then I kind of go with it. Mm -hmm. And you came to Mm -hmm. mind that morning and I was like, I just like immediately starting, have started having all these ideas of like the things that we could talk about and the things I would want to ask you. And so I like text her this (laughs) long text and I'm like, Hey, so I'm not I would not ask this if I didn't feel like the spirit of God is moving and I want you to be on the podcast. Here are all my ideas for what we could talk about. And it was like a bulleted list, it was so long. <laughs> so I send it to her and I'm just like, "Oh, we'll see what happens." And she texts back and was just like, "Long story short, yes, I want to be on the podcast and like I've really di- you said I've really dived in my relationship mm-hmm. with God in the last couple of weeks and like would love to be on the podcast." And I was just like, "Oh, it's so crazy when you feel like God's moving and then the other person is like, I feel God moving too. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, it's surreal that yes. like you're experiencing the same God and you wouldn't know if you didn't, you know, talk to each other about it. And so can you talk about like, um, just what does that look like? Like diving into your relationship with God and just lately? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I, like
0: how I mentioned earlier that
1: well is super traditional. Um, Dale, not that he gears towards the older generation, but, I mean he kind of like that's just tra- that's time well rooted through and through is it's just very traditional based on the word and not that he doesn't convey very good messages he definitely does mm-hmm. it's just sometimes i feel like you need more of like a like a Sadie Rob Huff in your life and yep. so Tammy actually got me um, a 100 day devotional book by Sadie Rob and that's what kind of sparked that mm-hmm. and i'm an avid podcaster i always mm-hmm. listen to them yes. on the road and so i stumbled upon hers and i was hooked instantly mm-hmm. And it wasn't just hooked that she's so relatable, but it started sparking like a lot of questions about God and Jesus. And she just dives in so deep and mm-hmm. to my level almost. And it was just eye opening. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm listening to this girl on repeat. Uh-huh. And it just just the past couple weeks, I was just like, wow, like this is what I needed. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I was kind of in a rut here lately going to church mm-hmm. I mean I have Kayla now and so I don't even get to listen to the sermon I'm not absorbing it yeah I'm shoving puffs in her mouth trying to keep her quiet you know what I mean yeah. or I'm out in the lobby because she was screaming like yep. I don't get much out of it mm-hmm. and so I think when I started listening to her and her message and her ministering I was in my car I'm by myself I'm focusing on that mm-hmm. and I'm absorbing it mm-hmm. and so I think that's why her she just resonates so much with me and yeah. what she's helped me definitely dive into that in the past couple weeks yeah um and just a lot of the things that she says is just so true Mm -hmm. like she had a guest on there a while back um and they said you would be surprised if you said jesus three times a day like what what your mindset would be like and i did it one time and i felt like everybody was like why is she so happy why is she in such a good mood and it's like it's something so small and it's like Mm -hmm. it just it can change everything yeah and i'm just thankful for her
0: podcast that she like open that up for sure. I'm a big Sadie Robertson girl. Oh yeah. For those of you that don't know, Sadie Robertson, if you know Duck Dynasty, Mm -hmm. Sadie Robertson was like the teenage daughter on that show. She was barely like really in the show at all. But after Duck Dynasty, she went on Dancing with the Stars and she got, she started a ministry um, called Live Original and she has a podcast called Whoa That's Good and she just has people on and asks them their best piece of advice. Mm -hmm. And she like just, if, Like regardless of age or anything, I think you, anybody could take something from her Mm -hmm. podcast episodes. And I was just telling you last night that I like, I think she's a year older than me. So I think she's like 25 and she is so relatable to like girls that like, I'm, I'm single, I'm in college and she's relatable to us, but she's also so relatable to like new moms, newly married people. And she's so wise that she, I think she reaches beyond even newly married yes. and new mom then like, she
1: realizes yeah
0: she's awesome so um yeah I'm a big fan too she actually had an episode it wasn't
1: that long ago it was about godwinks and one of the ladies on there was talking about how she was going through like a pregnancy journey and wanted a baby and she kept seeing ladybugs and like that was her godwink was yeah. a ladybug mm-hmm. and so ever since then I was like godwink what a cool term mm-hmm. and so cool story the other day I I'm weird like I want to run errands as fast as I can so I can get home as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. And so I went to Aldi at work the other day or on my lunch break um, at work and I forgot my stinking quarter. So I was like, how am I going to get all these groceries without a stinking cart? And I prayed, I was like, God, if you could please just let there be a cart here. I'm stressed out. Please just let me be there, be a cart. And there was a cart just waiting there for me. And I was like, I'm just grinning from ear to ear, like <laughs> Thanks, going God. and getting my carrots with my, my God cart. <laughs> that is awesome. It's like, it just, put like just a revelation almost of like, I'm it's this sounds elementary, but it's like learning how to pray again. Mm-hmm. Like not, not learning how to barter. Like God, if you will give me this cart, I'll pay for somebody's groceries. Yeah. Like, no, just ask for the dang cart. And yeah. like, he'll listen and he, yeah. he hears you, mm-hmm. but it's like, you just have to you just have to talk to him mm-hmm. and, that is definitely something in the past few weeks, like the God winks and the learning how to pray. It's just uh-huh. like evolving. And uh-huh. it's just so, it just makes you smile. It it's just cool.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. That's awesome. In that there's, I think it's like, there does have to be a lot of structure to your prayer. Mm-mm. I feel like that's something I still have to remind myself of. Is yeah. like, it doesn't need to be this formal thing where I sit down and like close my eyes and pull my hands. And like, yeah. it can be just like throughout your day, you're praying or like something I love doing. is like in my car mm-hmm. when it's just me in my car. Like praying out loud to God, because I know that like I have full privacy and like Mm -hmm. just it's like if I had a friend in the car, I'd be chatting them up. And so like, why do I not do that with God, too? Mm -hmm. And that's like my favorite time to pray is like in the car when I'm just like alone and with God. Mm -hmm. But I, I love that you said that because it's true. Like we don't have to barter with God. We can just ask. Yeah. And that's like, there's a verse that says like, we can boldly approach the throne of God like with confidence because of what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to have this formal prayer to like, approach. Please God. do this, and then I'll do yeah. this. it's like no, we can just ask. it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Um. So I remember also on the Bible app that you did a Bible in a year plan. You read through the whole Bible in a year. <laughs> And I remember getting the notification each like day you would complete the like plan for that day, and I'm like, this girl, like nobody else could complete the Bible in a year plan in a year without like extra days, but Cheyenne, like you're just super diligent and hardworking, and I've said that throughout this podcast. But um, how does like the the discipline and the and your hardworking mindset come like where does that come from, and how has it impacted spiritual disciplines like reading your Bible or praying? you're going to hate this answer, but like, I don't know. You just, it just, that's just how it is. You know what I mean? Like
1: (laughs) when you, you. when you do something, you just do it. Yeah. Like the whole, if, to me, if you're going to read a Bible in a year, then do it. If (laughs) if you're not, then why, why'd you start the plan? I think that was my, that's a really bad answer, but that's just how I viewed it. Like if I have time to sit here on Facebook and scroll every day, Mm -hmm. I can open my Bible and read for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. Like even now I did the, did it again this year. Mm -hmm. And so my first pump, and I pump at work, there's no scrolling and tick tock until you read your Bible for or read yeah. your Bible verse. Like yeah. if you have time to do that stuff, mm-hmm. you have time to spend in the Bible reading the word. And I think it's just, I, I think me as a person, I don't do something just to do it. Like you're going to stink and do it hundred percent. And that's just who I am. And so I think that just carried over into, into that. I mean, I guess I never thought of it from your perspective, like Wow, she's dedicated, but like to well, because, me, it was
0: just part of my day. Because here is me, the opposite of this today. <laughs> I like started a Bible in your plan like in November or something because I was like, I don't know what to November. read. November, <laughs> so I started in like November, yes. And I'm like 60 days behind, okay. So I'm like, so I must start it before November because it, it wouldn't have been 60 days. I started probably back in like September, and I'm like 60 days behind today. I found a little button. That you can push and you can push catch me up and it'll bring it back to where you're on the day like instead of 60 days 60 missed days it says that today is like on track yeah excavation yes <laughs> and i'm like yes thank you god <laughs> and so this is just like i know it's so ingrained in you but to me as somebody that's like not like that i'm like always trying to find the shortcut i'm like how how can i catch me up in this area of my life. And <laughs> this is on It Takes All Kinds to Make the World Go Round. True. God creates us all differently. <laughs> so true. Maybe, what's something that you've been enjoying about life lately? It can be, like, the smallest thing or, like, something huge. Honestly, I think it is just the smallest thing. It's, like, sometimes
1: like, at 9pm at night and I'm washing bottles and pump parts, like, I'm complaining. But... <laughs> that's something that I enjoy. Like that means I have a baby in my house and uh-huh. like, that's something that I wanted for so long. And Or when I'm washing dishes at night and I'm complaining, that's also some, like we just had a family meal together and that's something that I love. Like I love sitting down to the table and all eating together. Uh-huh. I just find so much joy in that. Uh-huh. Or like when I'm folding laundry and I'm complaining, but you can bet your butt I had enough money to pay that water bill. Uh-huh. Like, I think it's just a simple thing So yeah. I'm enjoying right now. Like just in this I think life is so busy right now. I'm enjoying mm-hmm. the simple parts of it.
0: I love yeah. that, and I think it totally that totally like encompasses your entire episode and mm-hmm. what it's been about of just like appreciating all those small moments, mm-hmm. and then like reflecting and looking back and being like, "Wow, look at everything that happened yeah. and all that God did and all that happened in my life like up to this point." Um, and so I love that that was something. What about I'm you? Enjoying, I want to know something I've been enjoying life lately. Um, I like love dreaming ahead and thinking about like what's to come and when I look at 2023 I'm like I have like no idea where I'm gonna be where I'm gonna live where like what my job is gonna look like and I graduate in May and this is a big year for you I'm moving to Texas in like two weeks to live with my aunt uncle there and so I think like um that's what I've been enjoying the most about life is like I feel like God's been gracious and giving me like some time to rest mm-hmm. and prepare for for moving and for a, a kind of like a new chapter. And I love like just dreaming about like, what's God gonna what's do? to come. Yeah. yeah. And so that's something I've been like enjoying lately is just thinking ahead. And I feel like God gives us um, packing for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, like everybody hates packing. But like when you're packing up, or when you're um, getting ready to go somewhere new, it's he's giving you time for your heart to like prepare for that. And I love that. And so Yeah. That's something I've been enjoying. Love it. Um, okay. Well, as we close, as I've said throughout this whole thing, you are one of the most hardworking people I know. Um, but it's paired with such humility. This is something me and the twins were talking about last night. Like you're never seeking recognition. You don't care if anybody knows how hard you've worked, you just do it. And, um, they were saying to me last night, they're like, she is the best sister. (laughs) No, she's like literally the best sister. And I'm like, I know she's the best cousin. She's the best wife, the mom, like best mom, best um, daughter, like friend and dosimetrist. Like you give your everything to everything you do and it shows. And um, so this is just fun. And thanks it for really being on the podcast. Like, thanks for being the sister I never had. I know, honestly, <laughs> thank you God for giving me
1: a yes. cousin as a sister. I won't complain about my brothers as much <laughs> since you gave me Brianna. Literally.
0: <laughs> okay, thank you for listening to episode 5 of the podcast. Um I can't even explain how thankful I am for Cheyenne and just her wisdom and I hope that regardless of who you are you enjoyed listening and um episode six will be coming soon